Coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina, and across the sandy beaches of the Carolina coast, take warning, this is Kaniac Sessions. Kaniac Sessions. Providing you with in-depth coverage of your Carolina Hurricanes. And now, let's get on to the session with your hosts, Griff and A.B. Hello out there, Kaniac Nation. Thanks for joining us. For session 20 of Kaniac Sessions, I'm Griff. I'm A.B. And today we are going to kind of take a break from our normal session flow, kind of how we do things. And A.B. and I are just going to take a step back and discuss what is going on or what we think is going on with this team. Is there something going on or is everybody overreacting or um, is it time to panic? You know, what what it is that we think is going on and some ideas that we have to make the team improve. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Um, but first things first, before we get into that, we're brought to you by DraftKings as a member of THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. Sports gambling is just a month or so away uh, here in North Carolina. I can't wait, personally. If you have not already done so, please go download DraftKings DraftKings Sportbook. Use promo code THPN when doing so and score some bonus bets. We are also partnered with SeatGeek. First-time ticket buyers can use promo code Kaniac Sessions. That's one word, no space between Kaniac and Sessions. When you sign up and buy your first set of tickets and get $20 off, it helps you, it helps us, it helps SeatGeek. Everybody wins, so take advantage of that. Uh, AB, how are you doing over there, buddy? Ah. Uh... Not good, but I will promote a little bit more about our ticket sponsor, SeatGeek, really fast. Okay. Christmas presents are coming up. Christmas right. is almost here. If you're in a pickle and you know uh, aunt, uncle, cousin, daughter, son, brother, husband that wants to go to a concert, comedy club, wants to go to a sporting event, it's a good deal. If you use our code, you get $20 off your first purchase. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. And if where I'm coming from, and I, I guess you can attest to it as well. Yeah. If you're in a pickle and you somehow haven't gotten your family a Christmas present, which I hope is not the case, but no judgment. <laughs> use promo code Caniac Sessions. That's right. Anyways, that's right. I'm living. I'm very disappointed in this team right now. And I can't wait to get into the topics that we are getting ready to discuss. Yeah, so session 19 was titled, Hey, we're on a point streak. And the last time that we sat down and talked, A.B., <laughs> this team was, I think they were, what, 3-0-1 through the week. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, second we previewed. Second in the Metro. Yeah, second in the Metro. And then we previewed the, you know, the Canadian road trip for this past week. and. The wheels just kind of kind of fell off. So maybe we should title this session 
hey, we're on a losing streak. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd probably be fitting. I don't know about that. We'll see. But, man, you know, so just to kind of recap the last week, we're not going to recap these games. I don't want to revisit them. I don't want to talk about them. Just mm -hmm. let down after let down. But, you know, we've dropped four straight to Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. You know, I was hoping we could pick up six points of those eight at a minimum. I would have been okay with really four out of eight, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'd have been okay with one, you know, at hindsight, but, um, but that, that wasn't the case. We dropped all four games. Uh, the team is just in shambles. You feel like you just hear every post game interview is something about somebody not buying into the system. You know, you hear reports of, closed door team meetings happening. Um, especially, you know, Aho talked about it after the Vancouver game that they had a closed door team meeting, you know, who knows what was said in there. And, you know, he, he indicated that they've had closed door team meetings as well uh, earlier, but we just didn't hear about them. So, you know, I don't know at this point if that's what, what it's going to take, or uh, I think it's going to take for, for them to turn this around. You know, because as we sit here, AB, we have dropped to sixth in the division. And, and you know, I, I understand there's three teams with 29 points, and we're one of those. But if you look at those other teams, they have games in hand. So, you know, I understand you have to win those games to get the points. But it's still a, you know, not a good position. It's a position we're not used to being in for quite some time. So, you know, what do you think about – what do you think, AB? What do you think it's going to take – for these guys to turn this around? Is it meetings? Is it calling people out? Or is it just being able to rattle off some wins here and get some confidence back or something else? First of all, this team is in shambles. They are a shell of themselves. All Canes fans were looking to get better in the free agency, and we added great players. They've proven themselves on other teams, but on this team... <clears throat> Our whole dynamic is messed up. I, I don't know what it is. Last year we were great, especially without Pacioretty and Svechnikov, who could have easily possibly have carried us to the Stanley Cup final. But, you know, that's over and done with. We lost. If I'm a head coach, if you're not playing well, I'm going to bench you, plain and simple. I don't care who you are or what position you play, I'm going to bench you to get it through the players' heads that we're not messing around. Like, this isn't a rebuild year. We have the talent to go all the way. The past couple of games, it's just the goaltending has been an issue. Defensive collapse. Power play has been a shell of itself. I mean, you could point at any certain player or any certain thing, and you can – think of something that's going wrong and it's just it's frustrating especially with the success that we've had the past couple of years and especially for rod too i mean he's been in positions where he's been on losing streaks and you know that player's mentality that he's had and will always have comes out and he's pissed so were the other yeah. players but eventually <clears throat> You know, the 
offense is okay. You know, I think we need to convert a little bit more. Maybe I like finish. bunting Ajo and Jarvis yeah. on line together. The defense is where I'm really frustrated. He hasn't tinkered with it at all, and it needs to change. So uh, there are a lot of question marks because right now, what, we're 14 and 12, 14 and 11 and 1 or something like that? It was 14, 12 and 1 after the Vancouver game. Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, we're not we're not the Chicago Blackhawks or any team like Arizona. I could have pointed – I could have pointed my fingers at Arizona and be like, oh, we're like the Coyotes. But last year, they were bad. This year, they've made steps forward. We made huge steps forward in the past five years, but we're starting to go back. And we need to figure something out, whether it's a trade, line changes. I would start with defensive line changes, and I would start with goaltending issues. AB, you heard me talk about something. So AB and I recorded earlier today with uh brandon of the warning take and and you know he was on i believe it was session was it 15 session 15 i believe was uh the the session that we had brandon from the warning take on taking Uh, warning i think is the uh, taking warning with the warning take yeah i believe it was 15 yeah uh but we went on his show ab and i and uh we discussed his he came up with a list of seven items that he thinks need to be addressed uh, on this team, and I'm not going to rattle these off. You, if you want to check those out, go check out his um, his YouTube episode channel. that he, yeah, yeah his, his YouTube channel, The Warning Take. Uh, go check it out and watch that, and you'll see the seven items that he identified and, and ranked in order. And then AB and I went on and kind of discussed, you know, what we thought of his list, and and you know, just had some general discussion. But one thing I talked about on there, and 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 you'll hear if you go listen, is I think this team needs to get a acquire a goaltender yeah i think that is step one i mean in the meantime yes you can make adjustments here and there with the team that we have in place but i think that if don waddell is not working the phones at this moment right now he's wrong and i'm going to explain why do i think auntie ranta and Pyotr kochekov are capable goaltenders in the nhl yes i do you know, we have seen both of them play great at different times. We've seen them carry the team at different times. You know, last season, Kochekov did it from like what Veterans Day through December. I mean, all for the better, month of November, yeah, better part of a month, and even in through December, and was part of the reason we went on that long seventeen-game point streak. And then, you know, we saw Ranta win the Boston series two seasons ago in the playoffs. We saw, you know, just these guys have been great. But here's my issue. And and I'm not – a lot of people, when I – like if I make a tweet or something about needing goaltenders, I get a lot of pushback because, you know, a lot of people – a lot of people want to say, oh, well, it's the team. It's the defense. It's the this. Or they point to something else and and really kind of – defend the goaltenders which i get i do it's not all on the goaltender's shoulders and that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is neither of those guys have any confidence i mean very little confidence and the team playing in front of them has no confidence right now they don't have a confidence in themselves their system they don't have confidence in their goaltending you know 
and what I think bringing a new proven goaltender into the mix right now does is it does a couple things. One, it shows the team that we are going to double down. We are going to support you. Let's work through this. Two, if you bring in a goaltender that can play above average and how they've you know been, been proven to play over their career or whatever it is, it allows you to allow the team to work through issues. You know, if you've got to make some adjustments to the system, if you've got to make some adjustments to the power play or the penalty killer, whatever it is, you aren't you don't have this glaring hole in the back end in your net, you know, currently with two guys who are struggling to find it, you know. And th- it allows the team to work through some of their issues and still not have, you know, a little mistake turning into a catastrophic event like a goal mm-hmm. over and over. Because if you look back at the last month this team has played and the struggles they've gone through, every little mistake is finding its way into the back of our net. Mm-hmm. Some of those are good shots. Some of those the goaltenders had no chance. But if if the, the goaltenders that we have could have made just an extra save here or one of those goals that goes in could have been saved, you know, we could be talking – three, four losses that we've compiled in the win column. I mean, some of these games have been close. You know, I think of the Winnipeg game. I think of the the game against Vancouver. You know, if that, that wraparound chance from Pedersen, if, if Ronta would have had his pads on the ice or his stick in the correct position, guess what? That's not a goal. And then maybe we win it in regulation. Maybe we get an overtime. But that's a point, even if we lose an overtime. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, did Aho did Aho play that wrong? Yeah, he did. But if Ronta would have been in p- proper position, that never goes in the net. Yeah. 100%. So I think I think if you bring in a goaltender, and you might have to make a trade, mm-hmm. bring in a guy, double down on what you have going on, allow the team to work through it, and give them a little more ability behind them in the net. I think they would figure it out. But right now, and I hate to say it, but Ronta and Gachekov are not, they're just not the answer. And that's just fact. Yeah. And, you know, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but, you know, I play floorball and I've been a goalie for about three years. And obviously I'm not up to the level that Gachekov and Ronta are. They're professionals. I mean, you know, they've, They're great. They're phenomenal. They're elite. And, you know, as a goaltender watching goalies, I mean, I love watching goaltenders and I love watching how they play. And, you know, I replicate some of my saves to how certain goalies play. Ronta's just not positioning himself the correct way. And also with letting in goals, it's a confidence thing. You know, when you get scored on in general, whether it's, you know, just pick up or, you know, the NHL, it, it rattles you a little bit. You get so frustrated, like, man, I could have stopped that. Like, I really could have saved that. Could have played it better. Um, you know, hockey is not just a physical aspect, but it's also mental. And we've seen over the years of, sports psychologist, especially with Elias Pettersson, 
he has been flat the past couple of years, but this year he's on fire. Natchez, Natchez, same way. Last year he had over 70 points. So I honestly think goaltending is one of the biggest issues along with what we'll probably cover in the session. I would go out and get a guy like John Gibson. That'd be great. He's not happy with Anaheim. He may be happy now, but, you know, in the past, it's like, I don't think he's opposed to getting traded. And who wouldn't want to be coached by, should be, Hall of Famer, Rod Brindamore? I mean, you know, you have the resources, and he gets it. He's been to the top of the mountain, and he knows training. He knows what it's like being on the ice. So goaltending is the biggest issue. If I were Don Waddell, I would definitely target John Gibson, you know, uh, Jake Allen, maybe Peter Morozik, uh, Connor Ingram, who's been playing phenomenal for Arizona, and maybe Spencer Knight. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't, you know, I will go through some names here in a minute, but just I do want to say one more thing, and and I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know if – so I almost wonder if, you know, the, yes, the team has been making mistakes, right? The defense has been suspect at times. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's an understatement of the year. But <laughs> – but you know, you know, parts of the team, you know, even the forwards. I mean, just everywhere on the ice, there's you know, there's been some moments where it's kind of raising an eyebrow, and you're like, wait, this is uncharacteristic. But part of me wonders, is it really uncharacteristic, or is it just presenting itself like a sore thumb right now because every mistake is going in the back of the net? I mean, this team is not perfect, and they weren't perfect last year. They weren't perfect the year before, or or any of the years they made the playoffs and won the division and all that good stuff. They're, they've they've never been perfect. They've made mistakes. We've seen, you know, our fair share of odd man rushes. But is the is the reason that we are talking so much about it and feel like all this gloom and doom because? We just aren't getting any, you know, getting the the average support in the net like we have gotten over years prior. I mean, could that be? Is that, I mean, I don't know. But, you know, I wonder, I wonder if, if, if the goaltending would have been a little more solid and, you know, you don't have the Tampa game where the 8 2, you don't have the Florida game uh, where it was 5 2, and then, you know the what else? What other game was there? The the new the, the Islanders game where we lost in overtime two weeks ago. Edmonton. Edmonton. That's right. Yeah, six one in Edmonton. If you don't have those games, then you know you can you're okay with a loss here and there, just like any other year. Like you're not going to win every game, but these close games, you know, like like in Winnipeg the other night, or or even in Vancouver, you know, if you just get a save here and there, like these games that they have let these bad goals in that are costing us the win. If we just get a save every now and then, and and maybe even 35 to 40% of those goals that they've let in on bad, you know, those bad goals. If we get those back, we could have four wins 
in the win column that are right now currently in the loss column, and we're not even having this discussion. Yeah. We're still in second place, creeping up, but right behind the Rangers for first. I mean, if we take if you take eight more points, that puts us at what thirty seven. Yeah, and that's exactly what the Rangers have right now, as at recording. So that that ties us in first. And I mean, that, that you're looking at what eighteen and eight. Yeah, eighteen, eight, and one. I mean, I'm just using Around that as an example. That, yeah, I'm just using that example. Like, so maybe it's not. Maybe the issues aren't. Maybe it's not as bad as we think, as far as the team goes. Maybe it really is. Maybe, maybe it is the goaltenders. I mean, we we've given up more goals this year compared to other years at this point. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's just something I was thinking about. Yeah, I mean, it's just you can point out so many mistakes when the team's doing bad. And, you know, we haven't really faced adversity, like really bad adversity since 2019. Is that when we made the playoffs the first time? In 10 years? 19, I think it was. 18, wasn't it? 18? I think it was the 18-19 season. Yeah. Yeah, so 19 um, playoffs. Yeah, 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 yeah. All Hurricanes fans have been so used to walking into the playoffs and, you know, especially when we started to succeed, a lot of the new fans have come in. And mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, talking bad about them. You know, they're no, we're very glad passionate. they're here. Yeah, I'm glad they're glad here. here <laughs> very passionate, yeah. but they're not used to it. Um. But well, I don't like I hate you and I though. have been watching the hurricanes. You know, we've been through the ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, we, we have. I don't really though, I don't like playing that card though. Just me personally. I, I think oh I yeah, 100%. you know, I even me, like I still expect I expect this team to be great because it can be, and we yeah. you know. It's. I mean the 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 criticism is justified, I think, and it's really indicative of how far this team and this fan base has come. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because if you look like look at look at the Sabers, yeah, I mean their their fans don't even complain anymore; <laughs> they just roll their eyes and go on about their business. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I don't know, I. It changes with the abilities of the team. I think you know. I, I don't know. I I still I don't want to give up hope, but you know, at some point, and you can tell me if you don't agree with this, but okay, at some point we have to just call it what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, at this, and and I'm just going to flat out say it at the current state, the way this, the, what I've seen from this team, we are a third of the way through the season. Yeah, one third. At at this point, I just we are a, we're a wild card at best, maybe depending on other teams and how. I mean, we'd need some help, but it we we've got we're four, five, and one in our last ten. We've lost four straight. Um, you know, we're at a negative goal differential. Um, 
mean, I just can't look at this team right now and be like, they're still a playoff team. I, I don't think they are in the current state. I think the thing is, is I've thought about it, and we've talked about it before, and a lot of fans have been vocal about it. If you're a rebuilding team and you're a fan of a rebuilding team, you understand that yeah. they're rebuilding. You're not going to win the Stanley Cup if you're rebuilding. If you do, that's like a one in a million chance. Carolina has been so close for the past couple of years, and you look at the talent on paper, and this is the – on paper, you're like, this is the team. It's frustrating that you have the talent and it's not working. Yeah. That's the part that's frustrating. And say, you know, if I, if we were fans of, I don't know, maybe the Blackhawks, super excited that we get Connor Bedard, but are we expecting to win the Stanley Cup? No, not at all. No, but you turn on the game. You turn on the game to watch to see if Bedard scores a goal that night. Like that's exactly. But we're all we're all watching to see the progress and to see the rise because we're right there. We're so close to the top of the mountain, but right now this season we're sliding down. So yeah. it's up to the players and coaches and <laughs> the staff to, you know say, are we going to keep sinking and go back, or are we going to keep climbing the mountain? Yeah. Uh, I want to say one more thing about goaltending. Okay. And then we'll, we'll then I want to move in to some ideas about, you know, names out there that we could possibly bring in. Okay. But a point I wanted to make is if, you know, and again, you heard me say this in uh, when we were talking with the warning take, but Look at a team like the Boston Bruins, right? You look at that team in the offseason, and yes, they have been, they've struggled here with the last, you know, week or so. They've not been playing like they started the season. I believe they're five, four, and one in their last 10. But if you look at the Boston Bruins on paper, no way they're, I mean, they're a, a wild card team at best. You know, if you look at their, their, their defense, their forwards, they're just, I mean, yeah, they've got Pasternak. They've got some high top-end players. But, you know, depth-wise, there's just not a lot. But what is one thing that carries them night in and night out? They're goaltenders, right? Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark are two of the, you know, that's that may be the best goaltending tandem in the NHL. 100%. And it, it might not even be close. Mm-hmm. And... They steal games for their team. Their team is not deep. They're for their skaters. They're not deep. They've, like I said, they've got some high end top players, but you know, beyond the top four or five players, they're all mm-hmm. just depth depth players, <laughs> and they still win games. Like you know, in the masses, and that's because their back end supports them night in night out. The the mm-hmm. the mistakes are not catastrophic to the the success of the team so that's that's just my last point you know when a lot of people come at me and say this is not goaltending is not the issue goaltending is not the issue like no it's not the issue but if you've got strong goaltending you can let the team work through their issues and it not cost you your season right that's my last point but yeah 100 percent. you know but um 
let's transition over to our sponsors. Oh, you are yes. listening to Caniac Sessions. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. All right, we're back. We are back. <clears throat> All right, AB, uh, let's, I want to run through some ideas or some thoughts that you have on who may be available okay. you know, in, a, in a potential trade. Um, and we kind of did this in session 19, but I yep. think we've both thought about it a little bit more since then. And, mm -hmm. you know, some, some names that really could be a possibility. So I know mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier, you mentioned, uh, which we both agree, John Gibson. Yeah. I think you mentioned, uh, who else? Go ahead. I think I mentioned Jake Allen, not because he spells his last name the same way I spell my first name. <laughs> I okay. mentioned in our session with uh, Brandon from the Warning Take, Alex Lyon, yeah. Spencer Knight. He also said Mackenzie Blackwood, Cabo uh, Kakanen. If we don't get John Gibson, my second option would be Mackenzie Blackwood. Really? Because believe it or not, he's been playing really well. Yeah. So, yeah, defensive-wise, get rid of – you disagree with it? I said I don't disagree with that. Oh, okay. Uh, but defense, <laughs> I love Brett Pesci. He's a great defenseman. He's had some memorable moments with us, and I'll never forget the moments that he's made with us, but I think it's time to move on. And, you know, maybe if – you could, I think you said this too when we were recording with uh, Brandon from the Warning Take, Lindholm and Markstrom for Pesci and perhaps Natchez. Yeah, so Markstrom is an idea that I brought up uh, as, mm -hmm. as far as a potential goaltender. If you know, if Calgary decides they want to sell the farm and just you know commit to a rebuild or whatever, maybe Markstrom finds himself available. He is thirty three years old and he comes with a six million dollar cap hit without any retention. Um, but he's under contract, I believe, for the remainder of this season plus two after this. So that's right. Um, it's a little bit of a commitment, uh, money wise. But if, but AB, if you move Freddie to LTIR, you get his cap back or yep. a portion of it anyway. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, then, you know, I think that's enough right there in, a, in and of itself. You know, if 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 it turns out that Freddie cannot, you know, we know they know that he's not coming back for the rest of the season, which they have not said at all. Um, we have heard mm-hmm. very little, but you know, that's enough to pay for him right there. Uh, without sending, oh, yeah. you know, I'm just saying if if they didn't see anybody, but like like we talked about with Brandon, if if you know, another thing that this team could use is a right-handed center. You know, and if Lindholm is indeed available, um, you know, maybe you could work up a package for Markstrom and Lindholm for. You know, I think what we brought up on on the warning take was what do we say, Pesci, Natchez, and uh, first or something. I don't know, but yeah, I think yeah, I think that's what we said. Maybe you have to throw a prospect in there, but you know, yeah, I don't know. Um, and and a lot of that depends on you know would Pesci will be willing to go there. I, I'm not sure, but uh, or or you know, I don't know, but. Either way, I think with Brett Pesci, I think we either need to work out a contract right now. Yep. You know, an amount that both sides can agree on because I think that's in his head. I think that's a, you know, he he won't come out and say it. I'm sure he may not think it is, but I think subconsciously, I think it's in his head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think if they're not going to get a contract done, I think it's time. I think it's time at the, at the, given the needs of this team right now, you might need to use him as a trade piece if you can get him to waive the clause or if it, if it happens to be a team that's on his list or whatever. But I, uh, I don't know. Um, no, I mean, I agree 100, 100% with you. I mean, you said everything that I was going to say. So. Sorry. I apologize. No, it's, hey, it's all right. I mean, you know, and then and Natchez, you know, I don't want to lose Natchez either. Yeah. But, you know, and I, I, I'm guilty of calling for Natchez to be traded two years ago before he went on his me too seventy point streak, right? Last season. Yep. But, um, but I feel like he's the one piece that is, you know, he's an RFA after this year, so the, the team has some control over, you know, the, he can't walk right if a team is willing to offer qualifying yeah. he can't walk mm-hmm. so <clears throat> you know i feel like he is a piece that you could part you'd be okay parting with um and you know maybe it's maybe it comes back to bite you in the future but i'm not looking i'm looking at now now yeah now you know that's the, i think he is one piece in that forward group that you'd be okay parting ways with yeah and, the only you know, untouchables that i would say for a carolina and you know you could disagree with me or Aho, Slavin, and Nikishin. I think and Aho, Aho, Nikishin, Slavin. Yeah, those are the only people you cannot touch. Well, I mean, other than the people that are obvious, obviously can't be touched with the no trade clause, like like Jordan well, Stahl's you know, not going I mean, anywhere. like worst case <laughs> so, scenario. Yeah, I mean, like worst case scenario. Yeah. You know. Right, I understand. Well, you think you think Svech? Oh yes, Spetch. Spetch would be one. Yeah, maybe yeah, I KK. And yeah, I don't Jarvis. Think they... I would put Jarvis on there too. Yeah, I wouldn't get rid of Jarvis. He's on a he's on a rookie deal this year, and then RFA, and you know he's probably do a bridge deal that that's really a favorable deal. Natchez is let at me, the end of that. Let me ask you this: We saw, I think maybe last year, the captaincy 
changed hands in Winnipeg. Blake Wheeler was the captain for a couple of years, and obviously different circumstances. A head coach came in and stripped Blake Wheeler of the captaincy. Would you perhaps change the captaincy and maybe have a new leader? Absolutely not. Okay. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. And the reason why is Jordan Stahl has done nothing to lose. This is not Jordan Stahl's fault. I don't. But you get what I'm saying. I do. I do. I do get what you're saying, but I think that makes things worse. Like, I mean, this, this team does have chemistry. Yeah. The chemistry is not gelling on the ice right now, but in the locker room, this team has chemistry. These guys have been together for years. They've won together. They've lost together. They've been through hell and high water together. Like they are, they, there's a, there's a ton of respect in that locker room for Jordan. Yeah, hundred percent. He's your guy. And I don't care what people say, calling for what he's your guy, because I guarantee, you know, he's the easiest to follow in that locker room. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, no way I move on from stall. Now, maybe it's a, you know, maybe if you take the, the captaincy from stall at, during the off season and, and give it to Ajo next year or whatever, then maybe that's fine, but it has to be talked about. It has to be coordinated. It has to be mm-hmm. agreed upon thing. You know, it's got, you know, a, it would be cool if they did some kind of like, you know, transition ceremony. I don't know, but like, it would just be, you know, the, the, the old guy passing it off to the new guy, but I don't yeah. think you do it because of a, of because a quote, the team's unquote, not winning. Yeah. Right. Quote unquote turmoil. I don't believe that's the right way to do it. And, and I don't think Rod would ever do it that way. Yeah. But I don't, um, no, Jordan has that. These guys would, would follow that guy through anything right now, I believe. And I don't think that it's a lot. La- I don't think it's like a lack of want on the part of the team and the players in the locker room. I don't think it's a lack of like, I don't think somebody's like going behind closed doors and like rolling their eyes and telling somebody they don't know what they're talking about. I think everybody's bought in. Yeah. I just think that it's, it's like a subconscious thing. I don't know, but does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I, I get it. And I think you and I both know, I mean, I've seen what I asked I've seen on Twitter, but you and I both know, Sebastian Ajo is going to be the captain of this team going yeah. forward. Jordan Stahl is more of a quiet guy as of what we've heard, but you know, we don't go, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Um, I, I really think, and you and I both love Tony D'Angelo. Our power play is abysmal right now. Can I say one more thing before we talk about the power play? No. Okay, well, yeah, go ahead. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> some of the some of the best leaders that I've had, like you know, I was in the army for almost 14 years. Yeah. Some of the best leaders that I had in the military were those calm, cool, collected guys that just had a presence to them. Yeah. It wasn't the guy standing over here screaming in your face, you know, throwing Yelling a fit, you, yeah. having a Real tantrum. Sergeant. Yeah, like whatever, dude. Like, you know. 
even the, some of the best drill sergeants I had and the way I tried to model myself when I was a drill sergeant, like I, you were a drill sergeant. I was, Wow. Um, I, <laughs> I was Fort Sill, Oklahoma, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, 2011 through 2013. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> I just, that cool, calm, collected leadership presence will put the fear in you and, and a good type of fear, a, re- a respectful type of fear, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then the guy over here acting a fool, you know, slobbering, spitting, screaming, all that goofy, you know, I, and that's just the way I feel. So like, I've, that's why I feel like Jordan Saul is just, I just think yeah. that he's that kind of type of leader. He's just, yeah, you know, a no nonsense direct, you know, it's just great. So, Anyway, power play, go for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, last thing I'll say, and I'll lean into the power play. Jordan Stahl, right when he got drafted, I mean, he won a Stanley Cup uh, pretty close after. Then he got traded and went through, you know, blank and high water for a couple of years. (laughs) And then, you know, we started to get really good. But Tony D'Angelo, and there are some podcasts out there that do not agree with us and you know every podcast and every person has their own opinion but some of the takes that certain people make are stupid i will say that Mm -hmm. when tony d'angelo was operating the power play we were top 10 in the league and one of my predictions from one of our first couple of sessions is that in the month of october we'd have a top 10 power play and i said that terry divine got hot early and both of those predictions, I should be a coach. I don't know. I'm just teasing. Um, D'Angelo needs to get time. The power play looks so much crisper on the ice when he is playing. Brent Burns is the alpha male of our species, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's accurate. But, yep. But. You got to have a fast guy on the power play quarterbacking. D'Angelo was fast. He is a fast shot. You know, he is moving 24 7. You know, he is always active. You can't pick out a play where he's standing still. I mean, he is moving constantly. Yeah. And that's what you need on a power play. The past couple of power plays I've seen from Carolina, it's, you know, Burns quarterbacking. And Burns is great on the power play. Don't get me wrong. His shot is super heavy. And, you know, I like him better. On the, in, uh, go ahead. I said I like Burns better on the power play as a, um, you know, like on the wing, like a second defenseman. 100%. Role, not quarterback. I put him I, on I like the left wing yeah. to prepare for a one-timer. Yeah. I mean, a heavy shot, you know, and Natchez has gotten so much better at it. You know, he's been setting up in Ovi's office um, the last year and a half, and it's been working. Um, but the difference between Burns and D'Angelo is D'Angelo gets that pass quicker and it's harder for the goalie to adjust. Agree. So I really think they should consider playing D'Angelo and I don't mean to say hopefully or, you know, like I hope this happens. Like if Brett Pesci gets traded, I would not be opposed to it. I would love to have Tony D'Angelo on the first or the second unit. Obviously, I love him on the first and Burns on the second. Because uh, Tony D'Angelo, yes, he makes mistakes defensively, but there's also a 
correlation between defensive defensemen, two-way defensemen, and offensive defensemen. You look at Eric Carlson. I think last year he was like a minus 26, and he put up 100 points. Would you have him quarterback the power player or two-way defenseman? Yeah, uh, Carlson. So it's just one of those things where I obviously don't want to have a lot of changes to the lineup, but, you know, you need to have a wake-up call. And, you know, uh, Brendan Lemieux obviously, you know, hasn't been subbed out uh, for people that have been playing bad. But when he's been put in, it's physical, it contributes, and he's, he's scored. Been he's been yeah. decent, yeah. So why wouldn't you want that on your power play? That's that's what I don't understand. I think uh, I think it's time to give D'Angelo a second shot here. Um, I mean, because at this point, what could it hurt, right? We've lost <laughs> – We've lost four straight. So, I mean, worst case scenario, he comes in and we keep losing. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, it, it you know, whatever. It is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, oh, if ahead. I look, sorry. sorry, if I look at the, the Vancouver game, you know, we had, I don't know, three or four power plays. It was a four, I believe, and we converted on the last one. But, you know, You just kept thinking, like, okay, we'd get within one. We're like, all right, we just got a power play. Let's, we can tie it up here. And then it just, yeah. a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of standing around, a lot of skating the puck back and forth, looking for passing lanes that just, and then, then a lot of like passes attempted across, you know, through the defense. And then it winds up, you know, 200 feet away. And, you know, just a lot of just messy, sloppy, slow. I don't know. I, I think uh, I think this team needs the power play to be good. Yeah, um, I, you know, well, and, I mean, any team. Well, I mean, if you if you look at power plays, for example, I'm not, you know, okay, I am gonna compare our power play to other teams because we have the talent to be a top five power play in the league, and even when D'Angelo was here and we didn't have as much talent. I think, what, we were top five in the league on the power play? Playoffs, it disappeared. But you look at Vancouver's power play. You look at New York's power play. You look at Colorado's power play. And obviously, they have players that may be a little bit better than some of our players. What I see compared to ours is they're constantly moving. Yeah. They're not standing still and waiting. And that's what has been a problem. And especially people that are quarterbacking the power play. Mm -hmm. When you quarterback the power play and you're moving around constantly, you're going to make your left, your right wingers, your center, and your um, other left handed defenseman or whatever you want to call it, or right handed defenseman, whatever you want to call it. They're moving because that quarterback is moving. It's the same in yeah. football. I mean, like, if you're standing there moving around waiting, they're going to get open. Right. So, I think if we get a better power play going, and, you know, especially penalty kill two, we got to learn how to kill penalties again. We were so good at it last year. It's but, been decent. Uh, yeah, but it can be better. Oh, yeah, it could be better. It needs to be better. But, you know, I think, I think D'Angelo needs to get another shot. 
I do too. I think the penalty kill has been acceptable. I think it's fine to roll with what we have the way we have it. But you know, the power play needs to be better. I think, like I said, I, I think the, this team needs the power play to be good because, yeah. you know, if it if if you if the power play is awful, it just kind of sucks the life out of the team, and then you know, um, it can it can hurt you just as well as it can help you, but. You know, I just think in the current state of the team, I think you need to you need your power play to be good, um, and that will drive a lot of five on five, you know, confidence, um, momentum, you know, all those good things. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's time to give Tony a sh- another shot. And you know, again, what 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 can it hurt at this point? You know, yeah, he's going to give up some defensively. You know, but really, is it going to be any worse than what we've witnessed the past week? I don't think I so. will say if you bring him back, do not pair him with Orlov. No, no, I no, no. I say no, no, you pair no. him. I say you pair D'Angelo with Shea. I think, look, I'm going to be honest. I think Chatfield, I would love for him to be I, Slavin and D'Angelo. At this point, I think Chatfield is Chatfield and Orlov. You don't break that up, period. That, that's been good. Um, but so you would change the top four. I would change the top four. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I would. I, agree. I, I mean, I, I know this sounds this. And I, <laughs> I'm so hesitant to say this, but. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but all right, whatever. I'm going to say it. I think you put Tony in for Pesci. I think Pesci needs to have a seat. 100%. It's a wake up call. Unless, unless he gets it, you know, I don't know. I think at this point, you know, if you want to sit Chatfield and you want to like play Orlov with Pesci and then put D'Angelo with Shea, then okay, try it, see how it works. You know, if if you if you gotta have Brett Pesci on the ice, um, and this this sounds so crazy, I can't even believe. Like, I feel like I'm gonna get made fun of for even saying this or considering it, but okay, you know, I, I, I just don't know. Uh, maybe Pesci takes a turn to sit down and you see what Tony can do to help the power play. And offensively, you know, I just don't know. Uh, but whatever it is, do not put Tony and Orlov together on that third pair. No. If, if you bring nope. Tony back in, um, yeah. if you want to sit Chatfield then put Pesci with Orlov and put Tony with Shea. That would, you know, try that. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, A.B. I I just, you know, I will say, and just to kind of start wrapping this up here. Okay. I will say that I don't want to give up hope on this team. But it is definitely falling. Yeah. And I sure as heck hope that this team is not giving hope up on themselves. Uh, which I don't think they are, but it is, it is not too late for them to turn this around. It's not too late to go on a run and work your way back up. I mean, look, we're like a five game winning streak or a five, six game point streak from being back in the playoff picture. Yeah. You know, you, you think that Washington is going to collapse at some point. You think Uh that, um, you know, maybe does Philly keep up? I mean, I think Philly's legit, but do they keep up? Yeah, they're the very pace good. that they're at right now. I don't know if they'll keep I don't that think pace so. up. Yeah, 
Um, but I mean, they could. New Jersey seems to be trending up. Um, but and then do, do the Islanders continue with their their pace as well? So you expect at least two of the 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 four teams ahead of us to kind of fall off a little bit, and and I really think that we could see New York. Rangers, New Jersey Devils, and Carolina there at the end. Okay. But, you know, that that's still very, very, very possible. Okay. Um, yeah, I can see that. But, but we have to make a change. Something has to, we have to go and get a goaltender. We have yep. to do something or it's not going to be that. Yep. If, if we do not make it, if we do not do something and figure this out, if this team does not. Lose then you're 10 going, straight. You're going to be golfing while the Flyers are playing in, in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, uh, anyway. Anything well, else? Let me wrap us up here. Oh, all right. Let's you, just, to... well, uh, actually, I'll say something before. Let's get some wins. Let's try to stay optimistic. But if you get frustrated, go for it. Because... I'm expecting a lot of frustration going forward. But anyways, thank you all so much for listening to session 20 of Candy Hack Sessions. I can't believe we've already done 20. Um, yeah, it kind of stinks that we're sitting here griping about the team. Yeah, that is That's true. Right. That is true. But uh, thank you to all the people that have come on and you know contributed to the podcast. It really means a lot to Griff and myself. Uh, and the people listening, we can't thank you enough it's just two guys being honest with our takes and you know if you degree if you agree or disagree it's totally fine but if you want to keep up with us you can follow me on x at ab caniac session that is all one word because they will not let me add the s to caniac session <laughs> don't know why i'll have to talk to elon about that uh, you can follow Griff on X at M underscore Griff 10, and you can follow us on X, Facebook, Instagram, at Kenny X Sessions, and you can listen to us on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon. Yeah, go to our link tree. Yeah, go to our link tree. It's in our Instagram, and it's in our X, Twitter, whatever you yep. want to call it. If you don't do it, I will be very upset, and Griff will be very upset. So, you need to do it. Okay? You did it? Awesome. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in session 21. Bye. Thanks for listening to Kaniac Sessions. To stay up to date on all Kane's news or to interact with Griff and AB, please follow us on X, Instagram, or Facebook at Kaniac Sessions. Let's go Kane. Let's go Kane.